0: you listeners and welcome to Is That A Dog Here In My Tea? This is part five and the last part of the little short and fun experiences from my life throughout the last I don't know how many years. Anyway, so this is the fun one which is a little bit more about my personal life. So back and enjoy. Alright, how's are we doing? Colin Taylor here. And the crowd goes wild Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you guys are doing fabulous. So this is still the same gloomy day on a Saturday here in Froome Somerset. Lots and lots of rain. And this is part five, the last part of my little kind of shenanigans I got up to in America while I was there. Um, My last um, podcast, part four, was about the competition, judging, education, pet grooming. This is going to be about everything, but also about the big white elephant in the room. So, um, obviously, throughout my whole career, from when I was starting grooming at 15 years old, all the way up to I was, I don't know, in America now. Um, let's just say I'm 21 years old. And you know what? It was always about work. Nothing else was more important than becoming the best I can possibly be But there were certain things going on in my personal life, which I still had lots and lots of questions about. And um, I'm going to take you back to Lansing, Michigan. Obviously, I'm grooming dogs, and um, I was working for Wagon Towers and all that kind of stuff. And also, I was going back and forth to Grand Rapids working for Melissa Plank. And I also used to go past uh, a bar in Lansing on Michigan Avenue called, wait for it, tramps. No, it wasn't a bar for homeless people or anything like that. It was a gay bar. And um, let's face it, up to this point, nothing had even crossed my mind. Obviously, I questioned things in my mind, but I was still a virgin, for lack of a better word, me just being totally honest out there. Um, Yes, I was a late bloomer. And um, not because um, I had made that choice because nothing nothing had crossed my mind it was all about grooming dogs becoming the best being amazing blah 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 but there was a big big thing missing in my life and obviously that was I don't know a relationship or some kind of you know friendship with people that I could connect to I'm not too sure it was really really confusing Anyway, I went past this bar all the time and I was dying to go in, really, really dying to go in. However, it was on a um, Michigan Avenue, which was the main drag kind of going into downtown Lansing. And it wasn't the necessarily the best of neighborhoods, kind of a little bit dodgy. And the name of the bar kind of went with it because it was um, it wasn't kind of what you imagined from your traditional gay bars and only from what people have told me, because I didn't actually manage to go in that bar because I was too shy. I was too, um, I don't know, too embarrassed. I, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't have friends. It's not as if I could say, hey guys, you know, I'm questioning my sexuality. Can we go down to tramps? It was literally me by myself. However, um, my friend Janet Hayduke, who I'd spoken about in my past, um, you know, little blogs, my podcast, you know, she would always make jokes and say, you're gay, i will mean, no, I'm not, and all that kind of stuff. But you know what, I have to say, um, when probably you are going through a situation where you are questioning your sexuality and you are embarrassed to come out, I have to just say, everybody around you probably knows anyway. So, and let's face it, guys, in today's life, For many people, it is not um, that difficult. However, it depends on who the people are around you. Now, I have to say today, I was on Facebook and I was looking through messages and um, looking through comments on Facebook and a woman, we were talking about bullying and one lady had just lost her 13-year-old cousin um, who passed away. I didn't go into how but she has passed away and she was bullied because obviously she was having problems with her sexuality. And I think there's a lot more people out there who are um, who can identify with a gender and they go through a hard time, a lot harder than people that just come out straight as being gay or, a gay or a lesbian or whatever it may be. Um, people that struggle with their identity, I think may go through the hardest time and also go through ridicule from other people and you know what it turns them to do bad things and it makes me sick to my stomach but anybody was forced to do anything bad because other people made them feel different or weird or strange or a freak because that is absolutely disgusting and I don't hope any bad feeling on anybody, but anybody who makes people feel bad, I hope they realize, but you know what? Um, They may have done a bad thing to themselves and they may have ended their life or whoever it may be. Um, But you know what? People that bully them, you've got to live with that for the rest of your life and it could have been you who made that last comment who sent them over the the top. Anyway, um, less negative stuff. Let's talk about what, I was meant to talk about, but I do have to say it is a really, really big issue. Um, But I wasn't bullied. I just didn't have um, friends which I could really kind of say that. Let's go out. But I did have Janet Haydug. And Janet, me and Janet used to end up going to a bar called Stevie's on Washington Avenue in downtown Lansing. And Club Paradise and also Club 505. And... It was incredible because I was able to be me. I was able to be myself. Still shy, still, you know, finding myself, admitting to myself, but yes, I am gay. I've always known I was gay, but now I can really actually confirm that I am a card-carrying homosexual male. Um, but still finding my... Fashion, finding my hairstyle, finding who I am, finding how I act, finding how I come across, because to everybody, I'm the English, I'm calling the English guy. Now I'm calling the English gay guy, which I always find funny when people have to kind of label. However, nobody labels people better than gay people because we're all put into some kind of category where I'm put into a bear category where I'm not really a bear, I'm just a fat guy. But that's okay because I can live with that. But I just think it's funny. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I was finding myself. And because I found myself and I was able to be more truthful to myself about who I was as a human being, it allowed me to express myself better in my work when it comes to grooming when it come to um, you know, talking to people, because I wasn't thinking now, oh my god, how are they looking at me. I was thinking, okay, this is who I am, and it doesn't matter how they're looking at me because, you know, it's just too bad. Um, but that was me in America. Um, and I hadn't yet told my mum and dad. Um and I wasn't kind of was wondering about how they would take it. Anyway, cut long story short, around the same time as this going on, there was a TV show in England called Queer as Folk. And no, sorry, not Queer as Folk, Queer Eye. No, what was it called? No, Queer as Folk. Sorry. Queer as Folk. Um, and that is about gay life, a bunch of people, a little bit like Friends, England, the gay version of Friends, <laughs> I would say. Um, but it was very explicit and very sexual and very kind of raunchy. And um, so when did I tell? decide to tell my parents around that time? And you know, my parents are funny, okay? So I called up my mum, well, actually I didn't, I called up my sister-in-law, was talking to my brother and my sister-in-law, and I think they kind of broke it to my parents. Um, and I called up my mum and I said, Hey, mum, I said, um, I called you yesterday, but I forgot to tell you something. She said, What's that, honey? And I said, Oh, I'm gay. And she went, okay let me get your dad and i'm thinking typical so english she's probably like i'm not gonna put the kettle on that kind of thing you know go, go make a cup of tea and um my dad come on the phone i told him and he and obviously they had been watching god knows why they'd seen some episodes of que- um, queer as folk and my dad says that's fine just don't be a slag that's exactly what he said and i was like okay that's cool so um it was easy for me to come out the closet because I had some really open-minded parents. And I probably I don't had, I have. Um my dad probably took it better than my mum. My mum, I think mums always think maybe they did something wrong, maybe they babied us too much, maybe they, you know, did something like that, but it was nothing like that because I can remember me being attracted to men as as early as, oh my God, I'm oh, probably in under 10 years old. And it wasn't attracted to men. I remember, and I'm, I'm talking freely now, so don't think I'm a freak, but I remember going to Isle of Wight to a holiday camp. And, you know, when you go to the arcade and there's entertainment going on, there used to be a guy who used to sing on the stage. And um, I kind of had one of them infatuations Maybe I wanted to be a singer. I don't know. But um, yeah, I used to i just like be mesmerized by him. And I don't know what that was. Crush, um, you know, wanted to be a singer. Um, I, I'm not too sure what it was. But I remember um, having, you know, knowing I was different for as long as I could know in my mind about certain feelings, if you understand what I'm trying to say. So um, yeah, that was a big thing in my life. And you know what? Nobody ever has treated me badly for being a gay man. Um, I have found it extremely hard to um, then to um, find a relationship. I would be in and out of relationships, boyfriends come, boyfriends go. Um, It was always me, you know, probably, you know, trying to find... a certain person, that person being totally wrong for me, and probably me being needy, probably, because I probably was that kind of person. And um, because I went from being not caring about that kind of stuff, and then I come bowing out the closet, and then I wanted everything at the same time. So um, I literally went through many, many years of just like... And this is not a pity me story, because it was my choice. I still put my work first and competing first I would have loved to have found somebody when I lived in America who would support what I did but um you know it's hard to kind of you know it's it's not for everybody when you're traveling around all that time so you know anyway to cut a long story short the years went on Janet Hayduke was a very huge part of my life we used to go out party dance on the dance floor used to go to a place called Max's and I used to dance from nine thirty in the nine thirty at night till two AM in the morning and we'd be in these cages dancing all night long on the dance floor and sweating and just dancing and drinking and sweating and dancing. And that was the good old days, let me tell you something when and you know, I used to say, Sharon, my bedlinton, the woman who taught me how to groom dogs. I said to her she was a typical, as they call it, for lack of a better word, sorry if you're offended, a fag hag. And that is a woman who hangs around with gay men. She was your typical fag hag. And um, she used to go to a bar called Triangles of me in Pontiac, Michigan. Now, let me tell you that, once again, Pontiac, Michigan is not a great place, a great neighborhood. Also, Menjo's, on Six Mile, where Madonna used to party, is also not a good place. And both bars, you had to ring the buzzer before they let you in. So I said to Sharon, we're going to go out tonight. She went, right, let's go. Out. And she always, always called me boyfriend. All right, let's go out, boyfriend. So I <laughs> took a shower at the kennel and got dressed, probably looking terrible because my fashion sense is absolutely shocking. And um, I said, Sharon, you ready? She went, yeah, I'm ready. And I looked at her and she had on Red, And we're talking a woman in her 60s with red ginger, ginger, fiery red hair. She had on red high-top trainers, Reeboks, red socks, red jogging pants, a red sweater, which went with the jogging pants, and get this, a full length red mink fur coat. And I looked, I went, really? And she went, yeah. And I said, let's go, so... We, knew, we went to a bar called Pontiac and I would be out on the dance floor and Sharon would be one of those um, psychologist mothers where she, where gay men would gravitate around her and she would sort all their problems out. And anyway, come up, you know, fast forward to two o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to find Sharon, Sharon and she is passed out against the bass speaker, snoring away like a, like a so-and-so. So I put her in the car and we take, you know, we go back to the kennel and um, that was my life of hanging around with women and going to gay bars and dancing the night away and grooming dogs during the day and me finding my life. Wasn't a big drinker, never was into drugs, just having a good, jolly old time. And even to the point where when we went to shows like in Atlanta, the Atlanta Pet Fair, I used to take like. I don't know, 15 tradesmen and Liz Paul and a bunch of groomers to the chamber in um, the chamber in, in Atlanta, which is a S&M bar, which was hilarious. And we went to a really dingy ass drag bar in Sandusky, Ohio, where the drag queens would used to make fun of Liz Paul because she used to have big blonde hair. And I mean, you know what? The, the stories can go on and on and on. All I know is that I had a lot of fun. Cut my, um, let's go fast forward to 2007 when I competed in the Burbank competition. And at that time, I was really wondering what I was missing out on in England. And, you know, I've been away from England for so long, and this may sound terrible, and don't take this the wrong way, but it got to the point where I was thinking, My parents are getting older. If anything was to happen to them and I got a phone call, a bad phone call saying one had passed away, how much would it affect me? And that bothered me because I wanted, I felt like I'd lost a connection because my feelings, of course, I love my family, always will. But the thought of would it affect me in a bad way, it bothered me, like, obviously I would I would want to be upset, not like eh, whatever. So um, yeah, I moved back, to, I didn't move, I came back to England thinking I gotta go back to see if I'm missing out on something. Have I done the right thing by moving to America? What's going on? Have things changed in England? So I came back in 2008, no two, end of 2007, and I came back. My parents are still still doing good till today. They told me I should never have come back. Things have changed here, but I wanted to anyway um, because I, you know, I left at such a young age. I wanted to get to know my own country more and travel around it because there's so many beautiful places in England to come to go to. So I moved back to England and um, worked away and did seminars and com- you know didn't compete. Used to go to shows. And then I lived in London, worked with Heidi Anderson at Absolutely Animals, and I lived behind the shop. And I used to go to a club on weekends called XXL, which was a bar for muscle marys, chubby chasers, chubby people (laughs) and all that kind of thing. Okay, huge, huge, huge club. And it got to a point where I'd go every single Saturday in the same old shit, different single weekend. I'd be like, Oh my God, what are you doing? Even bother going anyway. So, um, fast forward a little bit. I had somebody from Greece who wanted to move to London. They needed to rent a room. I had a room to rent. His name was Dimitri. So he came over from Greece and, um, he was gay too. He was gay also. And I said to him, look there's a bar called xxl i can't stand it i'm going to take you there because you'll probably love it and i called up my friend daryl and i said let's all go to xxl take dimitri there so we went to xxl and right when i walked into xxl the same place i've been going to every single weekend and not meeting anybody there was a person sitting there and he was on his cell phone and he was obviously talking or texting with somebody and I had my eye on him and I just went and got a drink and then we went outside because I was a smoker then and this guy came out then and Daryl goes oh he's cute isn't he? I went yeah he is cute and I said Daryl go talk to him. He's like no no I'm too shy. I said go talk to him. He goes no. I said I'll go talk to him and bring him over. So I went over this guy and I said to him hi my name is Colin and he goes hi I'm Coleman and I said my friend likes you Would you want to come and talk to him? He goes yeah sure. So Um, I took Coleman over to our group of people and I introduced him to Daryl. And then as the night went on, um, I began to kind of find out, but Coleman was into um, a different kind of person and that kind of person was me. And I was like, oh my God, this is really, really strange because anybody who knows Coleman now classifies him as the nice one, which he is the sweetest person in the world. And um, that is how I met my husband now. And it has been a long, 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 long journey. And um, we've gone through the paperwork to get Coleman over to England and having to wait two years and having to wait for immigration to get their shit together. And then for him to be accepted into England for them to us to find out they gave him the wrong visa. However, Let's cut forward to um, recently. He's here. The visa's correct. He was given a marriage visa, which should have been a settlement visa, and um, it's all amazing now. So that is how I got to meet Coleman purely by taking my friends to the bar, which I've been going to forever to try and make friends. I made a few friends, um, but I didn't meet anybody who um, I fell in love with until I met Coleman. And it was went, it went from there. And it's been amazing. And right now I'm in my office, and Coleman's in the living room with jigsaw, probably playing, I don't know, a game on his on, on the TV or watching some kind of show. And um, it's happy days, and I cannot be happier. and thank God we went through the rigmarole of the paperwork before the lockdown. We've been married three years now. It was three years um, um, Halloween. And it's been amazing, and my God, I'm just so thankful that he's here because it's it's really kind of lonely when you're by yourself, and I my heart goes out to anybody who is at home alone, and I have to say this, if anybody is in a situation where they're depressed, and they're home alone, and they're in lockdown, or they're depressed, whatever it may be, you can call me, you can message me on Facebook, And you can call me and contact me, and I'm always there for anybody because it's horrible to be lonely, and I know what it's like, and it's horrible to suffer with anxiety and depression, and I know what that's like also. So do not ever think you cannot reach out because I tell you what, I went through some horrible, horrible times of um, panic attacks and anxiety from when I was alone, and you know what? I had some really good friends who help me out. However, I also understand that when you're going through certain situations, you do want to be by yourself. So I will also respect that, but just know that people are out there for you. But anyway, that is going to conclude this episode of episode five, and I'm going to call this the elephant in the room. And um, that's about it. And I hope you can enjoy this. Please look forward to next Tuesday when Louisa Tandy is on the podcast, Is That A Dog Hair In My Tea? And it's a really fun podcast and we're gonna start getting back into the interviews. If you have any subjects, please message me and tell me what you would like me to talk about. If you would like to be a guest, please let me know. I'm more than happy to have all types of people in all walks of life, dog trainers, um, dog sitters, dog walkers, you name it, anything to do with animals. If you have a product you would like me to review, please let me know. I'm more than happy to do that. Um, But however, meanwhile, be positive. If you have any, any issues, please reach out to everybody. Please be kind to one another. It's so, so important because you do not know how somebody is living. Thank you very much. It's really, really important, but we remember that.